Good morning, Gate Church family. What a great honor it is for me to be able to greet you today. It's been an incredible week. Uh, Kathy and I have actually been away this week dealing with and uh, ministering to a whole host of pastors from across America. Uh, we've got an opportunity to up close really minister to them and believe that God's grace is working in their life. There's never been, as most, uh, most of you know, there's never been a day like today when pastors are under incredible stress. Do you realize that right now, even in Oklahoma City, uh, the pressures of what's happening in our present culture are creating adverse conditions, not only for people in leadership, but really for people that are in homes and raising families, business people. And I want you to know today that as I lean into the last part of this series we've been talking about called Unsinkable, I believe today that God has a word for you. I hope that all of you are participating in uh, our uh, unhindered groups. It's called Family Circus. We want you to make sure you're a part. You say, well, it's too late for me. No, it's not too late. We're actually still open for people that maybe you haven't got connected to one of our our small groups and connect group systems. We want you to make sure you get to know people. There's something in this moment about people being in relationship that's so valuable in this season. I was reading recently that even in our city, in Oklahoma City, uh, depression is up 70%. Divorces are up almost 80% over previous years. And it's because of the pressure. And one of the reasons we did this series of messages is because we wanted to know how do you begin to minister to people who are in the midst of a storm that they may not have chose. It may have chose them. Some of you didn't choose. None of us chose to be in the in the situations we're in as far as the things that are affecting the earth. You know, I didn't I didn't ask for a pandemic. Uh, I didn't ask for social disruptions. I didn't ask for economic uh, up upturns, downturns. Uh, we didn't ask for any of that. Sometimes a storm knocks on your front door and chooses you. And I'm here today, I'm out here in a park, and the reason I'm in a park is because I felt like it was very, very important for you to know that when everything else in your life looks like it's going haywire, there is a place that God has for you where he wants you to take and just stop, breathe, and realize, I have a plan for you that's filled with good and not evil, a plan that'll give you a future and hope. You know, we talked about in the first week, we talked about how Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You have to learn to find grace. If you haven't heard that message, I'd encourage you to go back online, look at it. Second week, we talked about by faith, Noah built. There's some things you and I live in that we built. We had to build it. God gave a promise, but God didn't build the ark for Noah. You have to, by faith, begin to build some things. And then last week, Pastor David, I'm so grateful, Pastor David, what an incredible word he shared Thank God that by, by, by building in faith, he saved his household. There's something about being a part of, of your natural household and the household of faith that God wants to preserve in this moment. I, I, uh, I began to talk in the beginning of this series about the fact that we don't need to lose a view of who God really is because it's easily, it's easy, very possible for people to become very distorted in their God views. Do you realize that in my life, I'm sure it's true in your life, that most of the time when my life got out of kilter, it's when I got a wrong perspective of who God was and what God was doing. So I want to talk to you today out of, okay, there's going to come a day when, when this is over. How many of you know the storm passes by? 
You know, one of the things I learned a long time ago is to make this statement, it didn't come to stay, it came to pass. Some things are not going to be with you forever. The difficult days you've had or the trials you're having are not going to last forever. There is going to be a tomorrow. There's a, there's a, there's a day after it passes. And in the, in the story of Noah, Noah gets this word that a, a, an impending storm is coming. It's going to literally shake the entire earth, reshape it. God prepares him for it by warning him. And here's what's important. Listen to me closely before I read the text. Jesus said in Matthew 24, he says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days when I begin to once again work in the earth. Do you know what that means? In the days of Noah, God was giving warnings. He was telling people, get ready. I'm about to prepare. I'm going to prepare you for what you're about to face. But how many of you know that it was so easy for people to get distracted by all the, all the activities of the day? You and I are no different. We can get distracted by grocery shopping, paying care, making mortgage payments, getting to soccer games, taking care of family needs, making sure the grass is cut, getting to work on time. We just get occupied with all the different stuff. And oftentimes we don't even heed the voice of the Lord. I'm talking to somebody right now. It's very important that in this season you still have the capacity and the desire to hear the voice of the Lord. Because the Bible says God warned Noah of what was about to come. And when Noah got that warning, when he, when, he, when he was warned by God, he believed God's word. He took God at his word. And he started acting on what God had told him. I believe today in 2020, God's speaking to us today. You know, here's one of the things that, that I want you to understand is that the pandemic is not the message. The pandemic is the context in which the message is coming forth. In other words, you say, what do you mean, Bishop? Here's what I mean. In other words, God is at work in the earth today. It's just that he's at work in a time when there was a pandemic going on in the earth, when our nation was experiencing all kinds of unrest. For example, when, when Moses was in Egypt, how many of you know the story of Moses wouldn't have really meant anything if the Bible didn't tell us the context? The Israelites were in slavery. They were in Egypt. They were in bondage. They had a Pharaoh that was giving them hardship. So that was the context. But in the middle of that, God was in work, at work. Can I say to you today, if you get all of your attention onto the context and miss the message, you'll be, you'll be disturbed. You'll be distorted in your viewpoint. You'll be disillusioned. Because the issue is God is at work today in your life, my life, our life, the gate church. He's at work in our city. Come on, somebody right now, you just need to say amen. He's at work in our city, but we need to hear the voice of the Lord. What is God saying to us in the midst of the context of all the difficult situation we're facing? Well, I want to speak to you this morning on this subject. Now what? Now what? Okay. I've survived six months of this storm. Uh, I've got a family. What do I do? Because see, here's the key. God gave Noah instructions on how to build the ark. He gave him instructions on when to go into the ark. He gave him instructions on what to do while he was in the ark. Here's the key. He gave him instructions on how to come out of the ark. See, the Lord's given us instructions about how to get into this, how to go through it. But he's given us instructions also on what to do on the backside. Now what? What do I do now? And I want to draw your attention to a couple of things that are in this story that oftentimes get missed. 
But see, the Bible says that God told Noah, go in the ark, take animals of all kinds, two by two, and here was the message, and keep them alive. How many of you know he had elephants roaring, he had giraffes that were head and shoulders above everybody else, he had lions roaring, he had, he had hippopotamuses trying to fight, he had all kinds of animals on that ark, all kinds of personalities. See, you thought you joined a church where everybody was going to be like you, but the truth of the matter is everybody's totally different. And all of those, many of those species of beings were actually enemies. They wanted to eat and fight and devour each other. And, and God said to Noah, he said, I want you to put them in the ark and I want you to keep them alive. And so as you keep them alive, you constantly do it by grace. That's what a church is all about. We learn how to stay alive by the grace of God. But we're in the ark. The ark is Jesus. He's, he's the safety point for all of us. See, if I, if I just try to, if I try to survive this by living in my, my own educational background, my financial strength, my ethnicity, that's not my ark. My ark is Jesus. But when I'm in the ark, I'm in there with all kinds of different people and I have to learn how to stay alive. And that happens through the grace of God. So he told them, go in there, keep them alive. And the Bible says that when the rain stopped, this is all in chapter seven, when the rain stopped, the ark came to settle. And then in chapter eight, he says to Noah and his family, he says, now that the land has begun to dry up, I want you to go out of the ark. We're getting ready to talk about this in October because I'm doing a series of messages called The Witness because I believe God is taking Christians and teaching them how to go out of the place of safety into a place of giving witness and distinction to what it is that God's done in our life. But here was God's instructions on how to go out of the ark. Watch this. I'm going to read it together. Verse number 20, Genesis chapter 8. It's going to be on your screen. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imaginations of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest, coal and heat, winter and summer, day and night, it shall not cease. There's two things I want you to see. When God says, what's next? Or what now? What now? What do I do now? Here's the first thing God said to Noah. He said, I've noticed that you've built me an altar and it's come up before me as an aroma. Here's the first word. As you enter into this fall of 2020, why don't you take a moment and spend some time in reflection? Reflection. See, that's what Noah did. He built an altar to give thanks. He had survived the flood. He had survived the storm. And he was saying to God, God, thank you. Thank you that you brought me thus far. Thank you that in the middle of all this, you're still here. You're still sustaining me. You're still giving me grace. You're, you're still empowering me every day. You know, I get up in the morning and I begin to pray. And every morning of my life, almost without exception, I just begin to declare this. You've satisfied me with a long life. I thank you that my times and my days are in your hands. I thank you that as, I, as my days, so shall my strength be. I'm alive today because you've kept me alive. And so as I reflect on God's goodness, is anybody listening to me today? Have you got anything to be thankful for? That God has been so, so good to you 
You said, yeah, but I know about, and yeah, I understand. We all know. We all know that we crossed over 200,000 people that have lost their life in this pandemic, and it's difficult. It's tragic. It is sad. And I realize that there are people that have lost their lives in the streets in America, and businesses have been lost. But can I say this? In spite of everything you and I have seen and experienced, God has been good to us. And in my reflection, I can't help but say, God has preserved me. God has resourced me. God has sustained my family. And today, in everything, we need to give thanks. So Noah built an altar. Would you just, would you just say this out loud? Would you just say reflection? Come on, just say reflection. Because when you reflect, what you discern is that God's been faithful. He's a faithful God. Do you know, a lot of times, we, we sometimes go, where's God? And the truth of the matter is we sing a song that even when I can't see him, he's still working. Even when I can't see him, he is still working. That's what our praise is all about. That's why, that's why the gate church erupts with praise. That's why we are a people that are committed to expressing our thanksgiving to God. See, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to somebody today. When you're unsinkable in your faith, you can't tell whether you had a good week or a bad week, whether you won or you lost, whether you got a new job or got fired. You can't tell the difference because you come from a place of an altar that says, when I think about his goodness and all he's done for me, hallelujah, I can't help but praise him. You know something? I may have had the worst week of my life or I may have had the best week of my life, but my reflection on him is, He's been good to me. The psalmist said it this way in Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. But then the next verse says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. He's healed me from sickness. He's forgiven me from sin. He's renewed my youth like unto the eagle. He has caused my life to be sustained and satisfied bless the lord oh my soul and forget not all of his amazing benefits here's what happens at an altar when you enter into reflection at an altar your life begins to get aligned to god's purposes don't miss what i'm about to say god will never give you a life where faith is not necessary here's the second thing you need to know God will never give you a life or a destiny that doesn't have difficulties. Sometimes we think, I want, you know what? I want to fulfill my destiny, but I don't want any drama. Destiny never goes on sale, ladies and gentlemen. The, the things that God's promised you never go on sale. You and I have to step up to the plate. We have to exercise our faith. We have to say, I believe God. I was, I was sharing with a group of pastors this week that sometimes we think that revival is about everybody getting saved, really is about everybody getting a choice. It's when God becomes so visible and so manifest in the midst of people that everybody comes to a point of decision. And here's what Noah did. Noah had, before he built the ark, he came to a place of decision. And when he came out of the ark, he came to a place of decision. He said, when I reflect on this, God has done everything he said he was going to do. And he's been faithful to me. So when I reflect, when I, when, I cause to, when, I, when I build an altar in my life and begin to reflect on what God's done for me, 
How many of you know I begin to align my life again? I begin to put that plumb line back in my life because sometimes your life can sort of get slanted and your walls sort of get crooked and next thing you know, your, your life is like this. But how many of you know when God puts a plumb line in your life, and that's the altar of your life, when God puts a plumb line in your life, what he does is he aligns you back to Jesus. You know, people may fail you, circumstances may fail you, but Jesus has never failed you. And Noah came out of the ark and he said, you know what? I survived the storm. My family's still here. That's not, that's not a moment for pride. That's not a moment for arrogance. That's not a moment to be self-righteous and say, wow, look at me. Aren't we smart? Aren't we anointed? Don't we really have it all together? No. Noah said, when I got out of the ark, he said, the first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure I aligned my life again with the fact that he is the God of my life. I'm going to reflect on God's goodness. See, when God gives you a word, Hebrews chapter 2 says, we have to pay closer attention. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 1. We have to pay closer attention to the words that were spoken to us, lest we drift from them. Did you hear that? We have to pay attention to the things spoken to us, lest we drift from them. Do you know what drift is? Drift is a deviation in direction. Can I challenge you today? Do you know what's happened during the pandemic? A lot of people have become a little bit uh, maybe passive, uh, apathetic. I had a guy say recently, he said, you know, Bishop, we just got lazy. And I understand it because what happens is people are at home, they're shut in. We, for 10 weeks, we couldn't come to church. Then all of a sudden it becomes, you know, scary, a health crisis to come to church. They're parts of our nation. Do you, I, I would have never believed there would have been a day in America that the, the whole news media would have been saying to people that it's okay for you to go to grocery stores, it's okay for you to go all kinds of places, but if you go to church, it's going to be dangerous. I would have never thought we'd have got to that day. But what happens is slowly we have been conditioned into being sort of passive. But I, I believe there are people today that if you look at your life, if you really reflect back over your life, you'll find out, you know what, maybe I need to put that altar back in my life because maybe what I've been doing, I've found myself in a drift. Maybe I've been drifting. There's been a deviation of direction. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I hear the Lord saying, come on, I want you to put your altar back in your life because as you do and reflect on how good I've been to you, you will align your life again to my purpose and my destiny. Because, see, not only did that altar bring him to a place of reflection, it also gave him an open heart to get ready for expectation. Because, listen to me closely, God doesn't bring you out of an ark so you can celebrate and dance and say, well, praise the Lord, we made it. We're done with that. He brings you out of an ark so you can give birth to a brand new day, a new season, a new, a new pathway, a new history. Some of you coming out of this pandemic, your, your spiritual heritage is going to be entirely different. Some of the things you learned in this season, you're going to come out of it entirely different. I'm prophesying right now because some of you have learned how to align your life to the purposes of God. Some of you have felt the presence of the Lord in ways like never before. I'm saying to the gate church, we're coming out of here different than we went in. It will not be January 2020 because we're coming out here with an expectation. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you something. I'm not trying. I am not dreaming about how we're going to finally get back in with 
60% of our crowd. I'm dreaming about how do we reach our city? How does the harvest of the earth take place? How do we see people come to Christ in ways like never before? How can lost family members, lost children, prodigals who are away from God come back to Jesus? My expectation is rising. I speak to you in the name of the Lord. Quit putting your expectation on low-level warm. It's time to get your expectation hot again. But you said, but Bishop, it, we're in the middle of a crisis. Do you realize this Bible right here, this Bible, I don't know how many times I've read it through, but in all of the times I've read it, this Bible does not come with an asterisk. There's not a promise from God that I'll supply all your needs, oh, asterisk, unless there's a pandemic, uh, unless there's some kind of difficult situation. That's not in there. There are none. For he is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of a man that he should repent. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. So here's what the expectation was. Watch this. He said, Noah, I want you to come out of the ark. You want to know what? Now what? Here's what. As long as the earth remains. Do you realize, and I'm not going to lean into this, but do you realize there's implication means there'll come a day when the earth won't remain. But as long as the earth remains, he said there'll be a couple of things. There'll be seed time and harvest. There's going to be cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night. It shall not cease. Here's what I want you to get. In reflection, we align our hearts through thanksgiving. Our heart gets realigned to the plumb line of Jesus. In expectation, our vision gets lifted to a whole nother field, a new day, a new opportunity. I'm saying to people today, God's saying, lift up your eyes. Get your expectation in a different place. Because watch this. What I brought you out of this for was for a new time of seed time and harvest. You know, I was talking to a, a man this week who said to me, he said, Bishop, I, I have no idea. There are people that are coming by our church dropping $50,000 checks. I had a man drop a $65,000 check. I just talked to a pastor an hour ago who said to me, we got people coming from everywhere. I don't even know where people are coming from. They're coming from everywhere. And I said to them, it's the seeds you sowed in the times of difficulty. You're reaping the harvest of it. Because here's what happens. See, even as the earth moves in tumultuous times, God says one of the things you need to know is that nothing is going to ever remove seed time and harvest. What you sow, you get to reap. How many of you know if you keep sowing hope, you're going to reap hope? If you keep sowing joy, you're going to reap joy. If you keep sowing love, you're going to reap love. You cannot expect somebody else to reap for you something you've not sown. As long as the earth remains, that's about expectation. I've set my expectation on him. When I, come, when I come to like a time of an offering, I don't set my expectation on my bank account. I set my expectation on him because his word said, as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. So what's the takeaway, Bishop? Here's the takeaway. God wants you to live your life in reflection of how good he's been to you. Can you say God's been good to you? Can you say I've been unsinkable not because of my great ability, but because of his great grace? Hallelujah. The songwriter said, grace that is greater than all of my fears. So I'm reflecting on his goodness. But I'm also expecting that God is about to work in my life. 
And when God said to Noah, as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time harvest, day and night, cold and winter. You know what he, you know what he was saying to Noah? I'm about to put your life back in a ordered way. I'm going to bring you into fresh order. Things have been chaotic, confused. You've been out of, out of sync, but I'm about to give you order. I'm prophesying orders coming back into your life. I'm prophesying that you're about to see some very distinct order because the God that you and I serve is a God of creativity, but he's a God of order. And he said, I'm restoring kingdom order. Seed time, harvest. Night and day. Summer and winter. I'm going to put things back in their proper cycle so that you can live in great expectation. I want to get ready to pray with you. I want you to get your heart ready. As our pastors come to tell you what to, how to respond, we want to pray with you. I believe there are people today that God's calling you to a place of consistency. Now what? Now that I've come through this, maybe I'm on the backside. God's calling you to a place of consistency. There are people today that even, even in your financial situation, God wants to give you a great breakthrough. And that great breakthrough will come through seed, time, and harvest. It comes through consistency. I believe there are people today that you want your life to be different. Guess what? You get to seed the future you want to live in. You get to seed it by your choices. You get to seed it by your direction. So, Father, today I just pray over people. As they're asking the question, now what? What do I do now? I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, that as they reflect today, they will see the hand of Jesus. Cause us to be more grateful than we've ever been in our life. Lord, I pray that there be such a spirit of gratitude at the Gate Church because you've been so good to us. We can't help but thank you. We're not, going to, we're not going to yield our lives to fear. We're going to yield our lives to gratitude. And Lord, there's going to be a spirit of expectation that's come into the house because we recognize that now you're calling us to a fresh time of seed time and harvest, of consistency, of living in the order of your kingdom. I bless your people today. I love you, Gate Church. All of you that are in the audience, listen. In just a moment, as our pastor comes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to let God reorder your life. You say, now what? Today is the first day of the rest of your life. I love you. We're praying for you. In Jesus' name. Well, what a great message from Bishop today. Uh, we just feel challenged today to dream again to have expectations on God and who he is in our lives. Today, you may not be a Christ follower. Maybe it's been that you've never received Christ. It could be that you received him and, and you feel like you've drawn far away from him. We want to pray with you today. We want to ask, ask you to receive him as the Savior in your life. In just a moment, I'm going to do that. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We have teams here that's ready to pray with you after that. Or today, you might be a different person. You may have, you may have been following Christ but you, you may just have fallen away from the expectation, from the press in of faith, from dreams in your life. And I want to pray for you as well, because we believe God's going to touch you and, and, and just open up your imagination again. Open up your dreams again. Open up your expectation for him again, because he wants to do amazing things in and through your life every single day. He didn't call you to be ordinary. 
But if today you want to receive Christ for the very first time, I want you to just simply pray this prayer with me. Uh, just repeat after me today. And then when that's done, I want you to let us know that you did that because we want to get you something today uh, that, that would help encourage you in your walk with Christ. But pray after me. Say, Father, I come to you seeking you as my Lord. I receive you, Jesus, as the Lord of my life. I pray that you do amazing things in my life as I submit my life to you. You're my Savior and you're my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we want you to let us know. Just hop in the chat, hop in a private message, however it is. There also is an ability to text us. You can text FRESH to 405-241-9559. Now, I'm going to pray with you as we leave today, and I'm going to challenge you uh, to dream again, to press into the goodness of God, that we would see your life expand on all sides, that he would do amazing things in you. Father, I just thank you for each person that's joined us today. God, I just thank you that their life of dreams are opening up again. They're going to have so many expectations that they're going to put on you, God, to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ever ask or think according to your riches and glory. So, God, God, today we just speak life over people. We speak hope over people. We ask that you cause them to dream at new levels, God, that they would, they would live over-the-top lives for you. We speak life to them, to their families, to their friends, to all that's in them. God, even to, to the resources that needs to come in their life. Cause provision to come. Cause grace to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, we're going to finish up today. And as we go, I want you to take this video and I want you to share this with people. We need to let people know what God's saying and, and, and that they can dream again. We will be back next week and we hope to see you then.